Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to The Dark Parts, a show where we explore the darkest parts of history, the world, and your mind. I'm your host, Heath, and with me today is the lovely Queen of Scream, Daphne. How you doing, Daphne? I'm good. I'm actually really good right now because this morning I passed my Oregon driver's knowledge test so I can get an Oregon license, and I'm feeling really relieved now that that's over. You are officially an Oregonian. I know. Goodbye, California license. How are you doing, Heath? I'm doing okay. I've been a little bit sick. I know. A little snotty, and I think I have an ear infection, so... I mean, just my luck being a podcaster, you know? Tea, bath, neti pot. Yeah, and recording. Let's go! Thank you, everybody, for listening to The Dark Parts. Thank you for sharing. Thank you to everybody who has come over from Going West. We really love doing this show. It's super fun for us, and we hope you guys love it, too. So thanks for tuning in. Yes, thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Let's get right into it. I bet most of you probably have a local haunted place in your town or city. A place you heard stories about while growing up that your parents warned you about and other kids dared you to go. In today's episode, we take a trip to California, and more specifically, the Bay Area. A place where I nearly shit my pants in an Uber the morning after a long night of drinking, and that's a true story. (laughs) It is true. So buckle up, strangers, and join us in the city of Fremont as we explore the hidden haunted hangouts, terrifying tunnels, and a wandering white witch in an episode that we call... The White Witch of Niles Canyon Road. Before we dive into the spooky details of today's episode, let's first give you some location information and paint a picture for our story. About an hour southeast of San Francisco, across the bay, lies the city of Fremont. Fremont has a population, as of 2020, of around 235,000 residents. And it's actually the 16th largest city in California. And located just six miles northeast of Fremont is Niles Canyon Road. This particular road is located between the larger city of Fremont and the smaller town of Sonol. It's about nine miles or 14 kilometers east of Fremont. And you can actually take the Canyon Road, which is now called Highway 84, from Fremont all the way to Sonol. So why is this important? Well, that's precisely where our story takes place. Legend has it that in the early 1900s, a woman named Lucinda Lowry was on her way to her wedding dressed in a white wedding gown and riding in a horse-drawn carriage when two oncoming motor cars approached her on the road. Motor cars were a new invention at this time, but were starting to become kind of more popularized and mainstream. And for the most part, folks still used a horse and carriage for transportation. These motor cars apparently spooked the horses attached to Miss Lowry's carriage, and she was then thrown from it. The second motor car, not far behind the first, didn't see Miss Lowry laying on the road and accidentally struck her, killing her instantly. This was the first motor vehicle death in the area, which shocked the local residents. But what happened after that had them not only scratching their heads, but terrified. After the accident, year after year on February 26th, the day that Lucinda Lowry died, people driving the road at night have told stories of seeing a young woman dressed in white near the cemetery or by the roadside hovering above the ground accompanied by glowing lights. 
Some have even stated that they have picked the young woman up and given her a ride. Now, this is where the resemblance of the popular legend, The Hitchhiker, and today's story comes into play. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of you guys have probably heard that urban legend of the ghostly hitchhiker. But if you haven't, basically the story is about a ghostly hitchhiker that a couple picks up, and then at some point during their drive, the hitchhiker disappears from the car, and the couple's really confused. Creepy, creepy, creepy. So legend has it that when Lucinda enters your car, she will give you directions to a location of her home in San Francisco, located across the Dumbarton Bridge. There is a toll station at the beginning of the bridge, and when you attempt to pay for three passengers... Lucinda will vanish from your vehicle. So yeah, very similar to the hitchhiker. And I can't even imagine what this toll worker is thinking. Like, you're like, oh yeah, I'm uh, going to pay for three of us. And the toll worker's like, you're crazy. "Uh, You're a psycho. (laughs) Yeah. But why do we call Lucinda the white witch, you may ask? Well, because apparently before her death, Lucinda had practiced witchcraft, which could very well be the reason her apparition has been witnessed on multiple occasions. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Maybe she, like, maybe she put a spell on herself before she died where she could, like, I don't know, be in limbo or come back to life or just be a ghost. I don't know. There's just so much unknown about apparitions, you know, whether or not you believe them. But we don't know shit about it, really. But we do like this story. Now, of course, this is just one variation of the story. Like most urban legends and scary tales, a variety of versions exist. So there are plenty of different versions of every different urban legend story out there. The details are carried on from one storyteller to the next, usually changing shape along the way. And we like to call this the telephone game. If you guys played that when you were in like elementary school, basically one person says says one thing, and then you're supposed to pass it on down the line, and by the time it gets to the end person at the line, whatever the first person said usually changes. Some say that the woman in white was actually a heartbroken actress from the days of silent film, and others say that the young woman was a high schooler on her way to prom who was tragically involved in an auto accident which took her life, but one detail remains to this day, and that's that this ghostly woman is always seen in a white dress. The legend of the vanishing hitchhiker has actually been around for quite a long time. In fact, two very famous folklorists had found 79 different stories or variations of this story by the 1940s. That's a lot. I know, that's a lot. So people out there telling these stories, you know, before 1940. How does everyone get it wrong? Like, how is there so many? There's just so many. Like I said, it gets passed on and passed on. It's said that an old cemetery keeper from the Pleasanton Memorial Gardens Cemetery nearby uh, Niles Canyon Road was actually able to corroborate Lucinda Lowry's death, making the story seem even more real. So making it seem like she was a real person who did die this way, and maybe that is her ghost. Exactly. And even though I couldn't confirm whether or not this cemetery keeper even existed, like we always love to say on this show, every story seems to hold just a little shred of truth, so... Even though the whole entire story might not be true, maybe a little piece of it is, or maybe there's some sort of origin in this story. The Pleasanton Memorial Gardens Cemetery Index cites that a Lucinda Lowry purchased plot number 61 in lot 178 
on September 24th, 1895. So there actually was a Lucinda Lowry. But what's really strange is that the burial date for that plot is dated September 24th, 1895, which is the same day that this woman purchased it. So, meaning that it probably wasn't her grave. Right. Uh, yeah, that's that's exactly it. And remember, the story goes that she died in the 1900s, so she would have been alive in 1895. And the only thing I can think of is that maybe she buried a family member, because remember, by this time, she wasn't married because she supposedly got married in the 1900s. So I don't know who she would be buying it for, maybe like one of her parents. But the really strange thing, and that's super unnerving, about the citation in the index is the words that say, killed by cars. Yeah, that's really fucking strange to me because it doesn't say that this person who was buried in this plot died of tuberculosis or or gunshot or anything like that. It says... This person was killed by cars, and we know that Lucinda Lowry was killed by cars, but how could that be if she didn't die until the 1900s? Ugh, that's, that's so creepy. I, I have no explanation for that. It's, a, it's either a really weird coincidence or something beyond that. In 1947, a local Bay Area radio personality who worked for the station KQW revived the urban legend by telling a detailed version of the story which carried on its history. So it seems like the White Witch of Niles Canyon Road wasn't going anywhere. And I just want to stop real quick and say how, like, how cool it is to think about, you know, back in this time, back in the 1940s, how you could just sit there and listen to a, a science fiction story on the radio. Like, I feel like that's so cool. And, and I know that's kind of what you guys are doing right now by listening to this podcast. I was going to say that's just like podcasting. Right, but just to th- just to think of like a live broadcast back in the 1940s and listening to some like Orson Welles story during that time just sounds so cool. And even a little bit later in history that's still way before podcasting was in the 1980s when Coast to Coast became a thing on the radio and that was where they would talk about UFOs and like the creepy, bizarre stories and ghost stories. And I remember growing up, my dad would listen to it. And I always remember that he would talk about it. And obviously that's way before podcast too. So I think it is really cool that those stories on the radio, kind of like podcasting, existed before podcasting. And now we just kind of have an easier way to access those types of stories. Yeah. And I think that we're kind of like the newer version of that. Exactly. Super fun. So just a few years after the story aired on the radio, on February 26th, 1950, a teenage boy named Clarence Chivers decided to dress as a ghost in a white sheet and scare unsuspecting motorists on Niles Canyon Road. That's so fucked up and dangerous. I know, very fucked up. Well, you'll see in a minute, it's going to get more dangerous for him. The police were actually called because multiple people had called the police saying that there was this ghost out there on this road and Clarence was then caught but not before police fired a warning shot at this teenager scaring the absolute shit out of him oh man I bet and I'm sure he just got a slap on the wrist and it wasn't a big deal but still kind of interesting to know that fact so this sparked a new interest among high school students from Fremont and also neighboring towns and each year after that on February 26th Students would dare each other to head out to Niles Canyon 
to see if they could witness the witch for themselves. Now, let's take a step back, because the White Witch isn't the only interesting tale of today's episode. You guys are getting a two-for-one. Located in the same area as Lucinda Lowry's death is another landmark, which is said to be haunted not only by Lucinda herself, but many other ghosts as well. We talked about the town of Sunol, which is east of Fremont, and back in 1900, the Spring Valley Water Company created an aqueduct to supply water to residents of San Francisco. And for those of you who don't know what an aqueduct is, it's basically just a large tunnel or pipe that runs fresh water from a spring or lake into a city, usually using gravity from a slope for transporting the water. So water was going from Sunol to San Francisco. Yeah, and it was headed downhill through this pipe. So there was these high lakes and reservoirs where fresh water was up there, and then it would be filtered down through this aqueduct, down to the people of San Francisco, and then processed for clean water. So this particular aqueduct is halfway underground and halfway above ground and located on a hill above some train tracks near Niles Canyon Road. Due to its hidden location in the hills, the spot would eventually become known as the Secret Sidewalk. Oh, and I love that name. It is a really good name. The top half of the cement aqueduct sticking out of the ground makes it appear to kind of look like a sidewalk in the forest. But what makes this haunted water pipe interesting is its history. So before Hollywood became the hub for films and movie stars and all that jazz... There was another place that initially reserved that popularity. That place was, well, you guessed it, Niles Canyon, funny enough. The SNA Film Manufacturing Company, which was originally located in Chicago, decided to open a lot in Niles Canyon, California. And big-name actors of the silent film era starred in movies at this location, including Charlie Chaplin, Gloria Swanson, and Bronco Billy Anderson, who was a very popular uh, Western film star. So a lot of big-name actors are doing silent films in Niles Canyon way before anybody was putting out movies in Hollywood. The Secret Sidewalk was also one of Charlie Chaplin's favorite locations to shoot film, and his famous film The Tramp was actually shot there in 1915. Over the years, the film industry made its way south to Los Angeles, leaving behind memories of famous actors and, of course, hauntings. Also, by the way, if you're ever in Fremont, California, there actually is a Niles SNA silent film museum that you guys can visit, and apparently it's really cool. Never been, but sounds pretty cool. And hopefully it survives COVID, because I know a lot of museums, my mom works for a museum, and I know a lot of museums right now are closed, and some of them are shutting down, so hopefully that one doesn't, and hopefully no others do either. Gotta save the museums. All right, so even before the years of Niles Canyon's 15 minutes of fame, many deaths and disappearances occurred in the area. On May 23, 1906, a local man named William Harris, who worked for the Western Pacific Railroad, was inspecting his work on the trestles with a lantern when he lost his footing and plummeted 30 feet to the ground. The rest of his crew had already went to bed for the night when William fell, so no one knew that he was missing all night. The tragic part is that William didn't die on impact, 
but laid in the brush with broken bones and bled out from his injuries, which took hours to kill him. Yeah, and some say that he was actually cursed by the white witch of the area and that she actually pushed him off the trestles, and that's how he died. Then, in February of 1910, a man named Michael Farley, who worked for Western Union as a lineman, was strapped to a pole in the canyon servicing a telephone line when a wire suddenly sent a high current of electricity through his body, killing him. So these stories could definitely have added to that like haunting factor of the area. I mean, this place is so haunted that I wouldn't be surprised if there were ghosts hanging out around this place and maybe the ghosts of these men who died. Yeah, I wonder if any of you guys who live in Northern California or who have just visited the area and know of this location have been and if you've kind of felt a presence or anything or seen anything. Well, I was kind of digging into Reddit a little bit and someone had mentioned the secret sidewalk and a lot of people said it's not a place you want to go, especially after dark. And they have said that they have felt presences there or like they felt a presence there. Um, So I don't really know because I've never been. Yeah, just lots and lots and lots of energy. So the secret sidewalk became not only a place to scare your friends, but it actually became a popular hangout spot for teens and young adults to party and hang out. Gen X kids who were teens in the 90s remember the secret sidewalk as a place to smoke weed and drink due to its off-the-grid location. And when I say off-the-grid, I mean it is off-the-grid. It's a hike. And these teens knew that the police wouldn't patrol the area because it was so remote. And honestly, like I said, it's very, very hard to find this place. I did find instructions from locals online, like on YouTube videos and like Reddit feeds and stuff like that, about how to get to this spot. And when I watched the videos, let me tell you, it's as creepy as everyone says that it is. Like when you watch the video on YouTube, you'll be like, wow, that's that's a really creepy location. And we'll definitely post some clips and photos and everything like that on our social medias. So make sure to go check out our Instagram at the Dark Parts Podcast and Twitter at the Dark Parts Pod. Yeah, exactly. Make sure you guys go over there and also make sure to follow us. So when you arrive to the secret sidewalk, there's an old rusty gate with a sign on it that says keep out, which leads you to the entrance of the secret sidewalk. And most of the concrete that makes up the aqueduct is covered in multiple layers of graffiti, and the entire place has this very kind of Blair Witch vibe to it. So it's it's really dirty, and it's covered in a lot of graffiti, but then there's also, like, just a lot of greenery surrounding the aqueduct. Before you make the right turn to head up a steep hill to the secret sidewalk, you first encounter a railroad tunnel, which looks like a black hole to another world. People have claimed to have been in the area at night and seen glowing lights at the other end of the tunnel, which they say are the lights surrounding the White Witch. I've also heard that people who visit the tunnel at night can hear whispers through the tunnel, which is so... Oh, that's so creepy. And they feel like this very, very cold breeze coming through the tunnel. So not only can you hear these whispers of a woman like talking through the through the tunnel and echoing through the tunnel 
but you can feel that really just chilling cold. I almost just said, why do people want to be scared? But I mean, we have a horror podcast and a true crime podcast and we love horror movies. But I mean, like in person, I would never go there at night. People who do that kind of shit, I do not get it. Yeah. And like Like the locals. Yeah, exactly. And the locals love to go there at like three in the morning. I was again, I was reading on Reddit and this person was like, yeah. Um, next week I'm going to go head up there with my friends and we're going to, we're going to make a trip up there at like three in the morning. I'm like, why? I get it. If you want to go there during the day and go on a scenic hike, but in the middle of the night, like you're just asking for some shit to go down. So up on top of the sidewalk, there's a good sized hole on top of the cement along the path, which opens up into the tunnel. Many people have fallen through the hole at night and down into the old unused waterway getting stuck in darkness. That sounds absolutely fucking terrifying. But again, you go out there at night, like, this is the kind of shit that happens. Don't do that. Yeah, and you wouldn't expect it. I mean, you're just walking along the secret sidewalk, which is also covered in a bunch of graffiti. And then there's just this human-sized hole right in the middle. Could you imagine just falling through that? Yeah, and if you don't see it, you're just going to fall right through that hole into the darkness. So what I found really creepy is that during the day, if you look down inside the hole, you will see yet again more graffiti, which leads me to ask, who the hell is just hanging out in an old abandoned tunnel and why? Like, you're going to go down there and graffiti? Yeah, I just don't understand. It's it's a hollow, dark, hollow pipe in the middle of the woods, and there's just graffiti everywhere down in there. What is the purpose? What is the purpose of hanging out down there? I mean... You could get stuck. I mean, are you are you partying down in this tunnel? I really want to know. I really want a local to tell me what the purpose is of going down inside the tunnel. All the videos that I watched, the people did not go down inside that tunnel. They were like, no, fuck that. But I'm obviously people have been in there because there's graffiti in there. Yeah, I, I wouldn't do it. And I also think what makes this landmark so unique is that you don't typically see very many concrete structures in the middle of nowhere among a forest of trees. Like, that doesn't typically happen. So just the fact, just that fact in its, on its own is very creepy to me. And it's also said that at some point, local gangs claimed the rights to the location, which makes sense considering the spray paint tagging that's all over the concrete there. And it makes this location just as dangerous as it is scary. But gangs, ghosts, and the White Witch are still not the only legends Niles Canyon Road and the secret sidewalk have to offer. Oh, you thought we were done? Nope, there's more. To add to the unsettling history of the area, a hairy creature called the Niles Goblin also resides in the forest up there. No thanks. In 1962, a woman named Kelly Perez was hiking Niles Canyon when she encountered a short, furry creature that rushed past her with incredible speed, knocking her to the ground. What? Yes. And when Kelly got up and dusted herself off, she noticed that she had four giant claw marks on her arm and she was bleeding. So she then notified authorities, but the creature was never found. Then, in 1978, another woman witnessed the creature while it was lurking in the bushes. So 16 years later... Exactly. And she immediately ran towards her car and she sped off. And she eventually created a sketch of this creature and labeled it the Niles Goblin. And for the life of me, I could not find this sketch. 
but I really want to see the sketch and see what this thing looks like. I have a... You know, who's that cartoon and he has a big nose and he's short and furry and he kind of looks like part human. He has a bat. (laughs) Is it the Tasmanian devil? No, he's like a little man. Shit, what is it? Oh, like that little caveman guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is that? Is that what you're thinking of? Yes. <laughs> I'm thinking more, I'm th- actually thinking more along the lines of like a Rougarou. Because, like, or that picture of the Rougarou that we shared on our social medias. That's kind of what I'm thinking in my mind. Oh, okay. Captain Caveman. That's what <laughs> That's what I'm picturing. There you go. Captain Caveman, yes. I, you're picturing a Rougarou, really? Well, yeah. Just the fact that it's short and hairy and has claws definitely a Rougarou. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know why. I guess because Goblin, for some reason, I went like partially. I don't know why my head went there. I see what you're saying. Yours is more realistic. Yeah. And what's crazy is some people actually say that it's not a Goblin, but it's actually a hermit man, a hairy hermit man who has a fucked up face that attacks people up on Niles Canyon Road and by the secret sidewalk. That's just what I read from uh, Reddit. I don't know if that's true or not, but there you go. Yeah, that one makes a little more sense. I mean, the 16-year difference, I'm like, how did he survive all that time if he's just living out there in the woods kind of thing? I mean, you can you can survive out there like that for sure. People used to do it all the time, but still, who knows? So this place seems to be a mecca for strange occurrences because people also claim that they have seen UFOs. That's right. UFOs hovering over the hills of the canyon. I don't know what is going on with this place, but they just they just have it all. It's a messed up place. Others say that a satanic cult conducts rituals in those hills as well, which I so believe. Which, I mean, if I was the leader of a scary murder cult, that would probably be my meeting place as well. It just makes sense. When you get to the part of the cement walkway that has pentagrams spray painted all over it, you found the right spot. Other locals will warn you about the homeless population that resides in the hills of the canyon who are said to attack you if you disturb them, which, again, goblin. So there's just a laundry list of bad shit that could happen if you visit this place after dark. And to be honest, I I really probably wouldn't even go in the day. I just, this, this is just too much. Yeah, it's very creepy. And I mean, one thing that is true about the place is that there is a homeless population that does live up there because it's somewhat off the grid but also somewhat close to the city and i've heard that there's just a bunch of tarps and um like tents up there and stuff like that so there's a potential for it to be quite dangerous and i mean it is a really pretty area like it looks like a very typical california canyon super pretty super green like heath said but yeah lots of bad shit at the end of the sidewalk, there's a large meadow, which has been used over the years to throw parties, but what still stumps some locals to this day is how people were able to get a keg out to that location. The landscape is very dangerous and not easy to navigate, and as Heath has mentioned a couple times, it's pretty out there. Yeah, when you walk this secret sidewalk, apparently it just kind of hugs the mountainside, and it's it's pretty long, so it's a pretty long walk, but... You could definitely fall off the aqueduct. You could, I, I don't know. I mean, I just, it looks like a pretty dangerous place to be carrying a keg. One of the most recent tragic events that occurred in the area was the death of 18-year-old Jada Jenkins. In 2017, Jada was on her way from Tracy, California, to Menlo Park, California, which is about a 45-minute drive 
when her 2000 silver Honda Accord collided with another driver's white Honda Accord before plummeting off the road and into the Alameda Creek. The creek that year was extremely swollen, meaning that the water level was very high from the intense rainfall, which made searching for Jada extremely difficult. So this was a very stormy year, lots of rainfall. Basically, this creek was flooding over the road, essentially. Two days went by before rescuers found her car submerged in the water, but there was no sign of Jada. What? Yeah, so very scary. They've been searching for her. Her car is underneath the water, but they can't find her. How did she get in a car accident and then go off a cliff, essentially, land in water and get out? Well, here's the thing. The water was rushing so crazy at that time that it made it really, really hard for anybody to search for her again. So hundreds of searchers scoured the area for signs of the missing 18-year-old, but sadly their search turned up empty. That is until a local man discovered Jada's body floating near the bank of the creek 11 miles from the crash site. So this water was raging so fast that her body was found 11 miles from where her car went into the creek. Oh, I, I just, I wonder what happened. Like, was she, did she get out alive and she swam and then she drowned maybe? That's so scary. I'm, I'm guessing that the water probably pushed her out of the car. She could have died on impact and they actually couldn't figure out if that happened or not. And she was actually found two miles from the San Francisco Bay. So it pushed her that far. These are just a few of the stories that make up the legends in the area and add to the overall fear factor of it. Some people swear by the tales and warn others not to tempt fate by visiting the haunted hillside, while others claim it's all just made up to get a rise out of you. And I'll let you guys be the judge on this one and tell me what you think, but do me a favor, like we said, visit our Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook page, and take a look at the photos that we've shared of Niles Canyon Road and the secret sidewalk, and tell me that isn't one creepy-ass location for one hell of a scary story. Also, make sure to follow us for updates. Our Instagram is at the Dark Parts Podcast, and our Twitter, at the Dark Parts Pod. It's really interesting that instead of this story being about a ghost, a ghost hitchhiker, it's about a witch hitchhiker, which I think is really interesting, and I think Daphne, you have a story about witches yourself. So a lot of my upbringing in in Los Angeles, California, was in the canyons of Malibu. And we used to live through a canyon where Paramount Ranch is and like the Western town. A lot of films were done there back in the day. And there's really amazing hiking trails, lots of greenery, super beautiful. And my mom would go hiking there all the time. I would go hiking there all the time. And my mom would always find these little bottles of herbs and they looked super old and she would find herbs wrapped in twine and twigs wrapped in twine and just all these random things that she was like this is weird that kind of reminds me of like the Blair Witch with like the twigs tied together yeah like that kind of stuff and she would always send me a picture because my mom's like a hiker she goes hiking every day and so she would always send me pictures of the things that she found and one day she bought home or she brought home this little bottle that said frankincense and it had a cork in it and it just looked super old and I was like oh my god why did you bring that home what is that and then when we would drive home at night she started noticing all these cars lined up and then one other day 
she noticed that there would be people in these cloaks, these hooded cloaks, a group of people walking up to this plateau, like this platform in the mountains. And then she kind of put two and two together and said, oh my God, these people will go on a full moon and they will sacrifice these herbs and these twigs to who knows what. And so one night we were driving home at night through the canyon and she sees all the cars lined up and she stops the car in the canyon to freak me out. She's like, oh my God, they're here, they're here, they're here. And I was like, mom, drive, like keep driving. What are you doing? And how old were you? Oh, I was, I was like in high school. Oh, okay. So I thought it was funny and interesting. I'm really interested in what these people are doing, but they're wearing these cloaks and these people are getting out of their car right where she's stopping and it's nighttime. So all we can see of them is from her headlights onto their backs with their hoods on. And I'm like, oh my God, don't turn around, don't turn around. Like it was just freaking me out because I don't know who these people are. And so she leaned over and opened my car door all the way just to scare me. So I would be like exposed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And we ended up like laughing about it and closed the door and drove off. But it was the first and only time that I ever actually saw them. But I just think it's so interesting because I don't know if they're witches or what they are and why they're there and what they sacrifice. But it was just a really funny crazy weird thing that is still unexplained to me to this day from my upbringing i couldn't imagine seeing cloaked people like in the canyon at night that would just uh, yeah that would freak me the fuck out i know and they go at night on a full moon and they just sacrifice these herbs and do these rituals and then my mom and whoever else is hiking will come across them kind of just with all these questions so Anyways, I thought that didn't doesn't really go with this story, but it made me think of it. If anybody has any information about the cloaked canyon people, please let us know. Because now I'm curious. I want to know who these fucking people are. Me too. And it, remember, it's their, they go to Paramount Ranch. I don't know if they still do it. This was, you know, 10 years ago when this specific instance happened. But I always thought about it and I would look it up and I just could never find any information. Well, I'm curious. Maybe it's like uh, Wicca or maybe it's Pagan. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I don't really know. I don't really know much about those kinds of religions. Actually, that's something I'm really curious about. But um, it sounds very creepy, though. And not that anyone who practices Wicca or a Pagan lifestyle are scary. I think it was just because it was so unknown to my mom and I that it freaked me out to see these people in cloaks at night in the canyon and right next to my car and my mom decides to open my freaking car door. Yeah, I think most people would uh, be freaked out about that. Yeah. So, strangers, what did we learn today? We learned that Hollywood is a thieving hoe that stole movies from a place that you've never heard of. That's right, good old Niles, California. But just to clarify, I love you so much, Hollywood. You're the dirty town that holds the key to my dumpster heart. We also learned that Since the invention of cars, since the very fucking beginning, Californians have been shitty drivers. I'm good. Good going, Arthur. Just because your car has a top speed of 25 miles per hour doesn't mean you need to go balls to the wall, pedal to the metal. Slow down, speed racer. Because now we have a white witch taking rides from strangers with absolutely no intention of paying the bridge toll. And lastly, we learned that if you're ever in the Fremont area, don't visit the secret sidewalk, or do. If you want to fall through a concrete hole down into a dark tunnel and be eaten by a hairy little goblin, or pistol-whipped and robbed by a gang member, I actually read that that happened. Or worse, have to be the one to carry that heavy-ass keg all the way to the party spot. 
Today's horror tip comes to you from the thriller film Basic Instinct, because it's a good one based in San Francisco. Don't get involved with crime novelists, because they've already come up with a million ways to cover up a murder, even if you're a babe like Sharon Stone. Ah, such a great movie, but that is good advice, because honestly, those people, their job is to sit around and think of ways to cover up murders. We love you, Michael Douglas. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode of The Dark Parts. Yes, thank you guys so much. Let us know what kind of stories that you want to hear. Check us out on social media, and don't forget to leave us a very kind review if you love the show. Yes, I need more suggestions for... Uh, episodes to do this was this uh, episode today was actually a suggestion from someone on Instagram I'm sorry I didn't catch your name but thank you for suggesting it but I would love to have more uh, interesting stories to talk about that you guys want to hear about don't forget we do have merch whether you're trying to get a mug or a sweatshirt or even a t-shirt we've got them and don't forget we've got that terrible Tilly shirt with Robert Pattinson in the top of the lighthouse which Heath was wearing the other day, and he looked super cute in it. It's very comfortable, and there's a little Robert Pattinson that you can barely see, but when you do, it gives you a nice old little laugh. Yeah, it does give me a little laugh every time. I like to give him a little tickle. I like to tickle my little shirt, my little (laughs) Robert Pattinson. (laughs) So if you want to check out our merch, go on over to thedarkparts.com. Yes, thedarkparts.com. Pick yourself up some merch. Yeah, hit the shop tab. You got to go to a separate website, which is called Teespring. That's who does our merch. And get yourself some Dark Parts gear. Also, if any of you listeners from the Fremont area or from Northern California have been to the Secret Sidewalk or have been to Niles Canyon Road, please let me know. Let me know uh, what you think about it. Let me know what your experience was like. I'd love to know more about this place. Yeah, when we covered the Lake Lanier case, we actually got a ton of messages on social media from people who either have lived in the Lake Lanier area or currently live there. And majority of people said that, yeah, it's creepy as shit over there and they don't use the lake and they try to avoid the area. So I always think it's really interesting to hear from people who actually live where these stories take place. And if it's like locally known that it's creepy or if you're just like, no, it's fine. I go there. Yeah. Oh, and that also happened with the Rougarou episode as well. We actually got sent a Rougarou t-shirt and water bottle, which I thought was super fucking dope. Yes. Thank you so much, Benjamin and Leanne. We love you. All right, guys. We'll see you next time in the dark parts. Oh.